0: Hey everybody, welcome to Regardless, You've Got This. I'm your host, Skylar Sorkin. Say hello to the syllabus for your 20-something soul. The syllabus you never received in college is finally making an appearance. This podcast will inspire you to create your very own 20-something syllabus, ultimately guiding you towards your soul purpose regardless of self-doubt and what others think. All righty. Let's just get to work. I am so honored and excited to announce that I am collaborating with the 5-Minute Journal, which is one of my absolute favorite journals of all time. I use it to start my mornings and to end my evenings in gratitude. The 5-Minute Journal is started actually by Intelligent Change, and there's been more than a million copies sold already. And these journals are really built on proven principles of positive psych. And it really helps us become happier just by, you know, utilizing your time five minutes a day, pouring your heart and just getting really centered in on what you're grateful for and what keeps you going and moving. Um, So we are doing a giveaway, which I'm really excited about. Um, We will be giving away five different journals in different colors. I think one is pink, one's green, one is brown, beige. So if you are interested in the giveaway and in winning a free five-minute journal, you must do the following. So please follow the five-minute journal on Instagram at five-minute journal. Number two, follow regardless the pod on Instagram at regardless the pod. And lastly, please leave a review on Apple, Spotify, iTunes, whatever it is um, you listen to podcasts for regardless. So Let's get to it. Hi, my beautiful 20-something-year-olds. Welcome to Regardless, You've Got This, the syllabus for your 20-something soul. I hope you all have been gaining just tons of insights, resources, and inspiration from each of my episodes so far. You know, my hope is really that after each episode, everyone feels a little bit more in alignment with your future self, as well as feeling a little bit more supported in terms of navigating through our 20s. Um, so as you know, the topic of food is a pretty sensitive subject, and would love to just share a little bit about my personal journey with food. Where unfortunately I was really, really restricting and over-exercising, unfortunately resulting in anorexia. Um, food pretty much controlled my life, my self-esteem, you know, the decisions I was making, as well as a lot of the relationships in my life. Um, you know, I didn't have. The energy to perform, um, to be present or even really enjoy this beautiful life because I wasn't fueling my vessel. I was actually really killing it. Um, so as you know, the topic of food is a pretty sensitive subject. And it's one that is very, very near and dear to my heart. And one of the reasons why I actually wanted to create regardless um, is because there needs to be a platform that shares education and support and really a place for all of us to come and understand that we're not in this alone, that most people actually go through body image issues, um, whether it's, you know, a little bit more concerning or dramatic to a little bit, you know, less of an issue. Um, But I think there's a lot of information that's left out there, um, whether it's on social media, um, you know, where it's talking about like what I eat in a day or specific diets. Um, Again, it's important to remember that we are all different. Our bodies are all so different. Um, we have different genes, different ways of burning calories, and not all of us work out every day. Some of us work out every day. And, you know, people don't share that information all on social media. So we have to be really, really careful about using social media as a scale um, and just loving our bodies and knowing that it's our vessel in this life and honoring it and loving and just fueling us. So, with that being said, In the spirit of food and body image and love, I would absolutely love to introduce you all to a food freedom and intuitive eating coach and author, Sloan Elizabeth. Sloan helps her clients and audience stop dieting, obsessing, and feeling guilty around food so that they can truly have full freedom and peace with food. She's also famous for binding together, bringing together a spirituality with nutrition, which I love and I'm really intrigued to learn more about. So Sloan, welcome to Regardless, baby. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited. I'm beyond excited. And I hate asking this question because I, you know, girls get weird about it, but I think it's important to this podcast. Um, but how old are you again, if you don't mind me asking?
1: Oh my goodness. Sure.
0: I'm 25 love literally on brand for regardless. Um so so excited to have you here again and I'm just ready to learn so much about your journey and really like your regardless story and how it can help us. So before we kind of deep dive into this, um if you could kind of sum up your journey into one regardless, what would you say? So fill in the blank. Regardless
1: of blank, I'm blank. Yes. So regardless of restrictions and obsession and control, I am free. Uh,
0: love, love that. Um, that's been kind of my mantra for a couple of years now and something that I still heavily rely on. Um, just by being a girl and coming from you know, an eating disorder, I think that's really powerful. And I'm
1: so excited to kind of dig into your why. Absolutely. Same. So I can tell you, you know, the origin story and I'll try to sum it up as quickly as possible. But I grew up in Los Angeles as a performing artist. I always was very into dancing and singing and acting and cheerleading. And surprisingly, that didn't really get in the way of my body confidence. Mm-hmm. I was really confident. I felt great. I felt confident on stage, felt good. Um, food was relatively normal in my household and then it really wasn't until later on in high school um, kind of years after a lot of my clients develop the first inklings of you know body dysmorphia and dieting when it really popped up for me um as I was kind of sharing with you earlier I felt like you know years after reflecting my body kind of changed and became more womanly way later than yeah. I thought it would and so when it did I was like, "Why did this happen? Like, why am I gaining weight? Why am I, is my body changing? I must be doing something wrong." Because the, what, like, what was the other explanation? Well, the other explanation was like hormones and growing up, but I didn't realize that, and so I thought there was something wrong. And I've always been very into science, so I thought that I would do it the most scientific way, um, which led me to Google and all the Pinterest diets. Mm -hmm. And so I then was researching and I thought that I was, you know, being really smart about it and gathering all of these different food rules. But that just started to really spiral into so many arbitrary, very, very arbitrary food rules that I was trying to, you know, use in order to be the healthiest, best version of myself, um, which we can see is definitely orthorexic tendencies of, you know, trying to eat as clean as possible, make all of these silly swaps. And it was just totally unhealthy. Um, Do you mind sharing like-
0: an example of some of these crazy food rules that you were perhaps following or yeah. some examples of
1: that of course so yeah. rice was off limits like potatoes were fine but no rice and i my mom would pack mine and my brother's lunch every day of like all of our schooling which was amazing and so i asked her to make my sandwiches on rice cakes instead of bread
0: okay yeah i'm just curious like when did you start to actually like, what age did you start to become aware of food and when did that negative voice kind of switch on?
1: Yeah. Pretty sure it was 17. Like I remember it was the summer going into senior year, I believe. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's
0: kind of like the typical time I'd say. Mm -hmm. I mean, for me, it was for, for sure. I know that we're both dancers and so being just in that environment of looking at the mirror all day and you know it's hard not to compare yourself to you know other girls in the room with you and you're pretty much naked i mean
1: yeah wearing a
0: leotard tights and i remember like that voice turned on for me pretty young like i would say i was probably in middle school mm-hmm. um where You know, I just remember being in the locker room and girls were starting to like get boobs. And I was like, wait, where am I? (laughs) Yeah, totally. (laughs) I remember kind of like when I was, I never really cared. Like I would eat whatever I wanted to eat. But then when I started gaining weight, I was like, it never really bothered me probably until like I got to college. Mm -hmm. And then I think that was when I started losing weight um, and went through, you know, a surgery where I didn't eat for about two weeks. Um, and then I lost all this weight and I went back to school and I got all these compliments. So it was like, you know, just kept on
1: feeding that sense, that ego. So Mm -hmm. totally. Yeah. And it's always so interesting to hear other people's stories because it was kind of like college was when I started healing. Right. And so everybody has their own unique timelines. There's not one that's better or worse than the other, but so often it does start, Younger in, you know, that pre 18, like childhood phase. Um, I've worked with clients in their 50s and Mm -hmm. 60s who still remember comments made to them when they were 16. But I also have women who are in their 40s who, you know, only started dieting when they were 30. So still a decade, but happened later in life. So I think that nobody is immune to it. There's certain things that are in our surroundings and our upbringings that might lead mm-hmm. to being more predisposed to that sensitivity and to these triggers. And then there are some things that really fortify us. And you know, I have some friends who I'm really close with who we talk about our work a lot. I have one friend in particular I'm thinking of and she always says to me like, "I admire your work so much because I never did struggle with that and I don't know how I didn't." Like, "How did I, you know, come away from this unscathed and That's kind of my goal, also. Like, I know that there are so many women, unfortunately, who need this healing. And I wish that I didn't have a job, or I wish that I was, you know, doing something else or forced to do something else because the whole world was healed. That's truly my goal.
0: That's awesome. I mean, it's one of those things where like it's just, it's being a human. And also like in this time of day and, you know, our generation, like how could you not compare yourself to Mm -hmm. other people? I mean, we're constantly bombarded with ridiculous content on social media. And for me, at least, I mean, I know a lot of my friends can probably relate, but you know, we're following like fitness influencers and, content creators who probably don't feel themselves enough. I mean, like as of having an eating disorder, I can kind of see right through it yeah. and pick up on certain things that normal people wouldn't, but still knowing that somehow I'm still, I believe it. Mm. And then you know what it, there it has in the past where it's actually like affected me, where I see what a girl's eating and she looks a certain way. And I'm like, okay, well, like, I feel bad about maybe eating that burger last night, or right. like maybe this day I have to eat less. And I feel like, especially in our generation, and being twenty something year olds, like God, like ha- having that that phone in front of us and being constantly reminded or seeing what I eat in the day, like there just needs to be more education. And fitness influencers aren't really stating how many calories are burning that day, and that's probably not enough for how many calories are burning. And so we're, we're getting lost in the sauce and it's all coming from a place
1: of like lack of education. And it's, it's sad. Totally. And I think that was what you're saying here and what the root of it is like, we actually just don't know because there might be people who, you know, their genetics and their makeup and their metabolism just lends them to a smaller body. Totally. Maybe they are eating, you know, what they're really posting and it's actually genuinely true. And that is okay too. I think sometimes like I am in a small body. I have thin privilege a thousand percent. And sometimes even as a coach, I'm like, oh my God, am I not the best person to teach Mm. body confidence? Cause I sometimes worry, like, am I going to trigger someone? But if I'm going to trigger them, I really believe that you know as a coach like it's kind of my responsibility to trigger people in a totally, really loving way totally. to wake them up and you know highlight where that comparison is coming from so if you're comparing yourself to me i hope that you use that actually as an anchor to dive into your own healing journey so bodies food like from whichever way you're looking at it can be really sensitive and confusing oh, <laughs> like that's literally spot on,
0: and I think that's why like talking about this is so important um, because we all put our own stories and narratives onto everyone, and it's about really just prioritizing yourself, your health, and like seeing food as fuel and blocking out the noise, you know. Yeah. But also mm-hmm. using triggers as a way to get real with yourself, mm-hmm. which is so hard. Um, when you are going through a hard time with food. Did you like find yourself getting stuck um, in comparison, whether it's a group of peers or social media? Like where do you think your voice was heightened the most?
1: I would say it was a combination of friends and people in my sphere as well as social media. Mm -hmm. And it wasn't – like social media, it wasn't even really people that I knew. It was just like model pictures. Totally. Mm-hmm. And also I think what was perhaps interesting is like, yeah, I grew up as a dancer. I grew up in LA. I have always loved performing and I still have a dream that I know will manifest of having like a TV show on Food Network. Like that is still a dream of mine to Go be for on it, camera. Jamie. Oh, you know I will. And so growing up also, I really wanted to begin acting. When I was Mm -hmm. in like seventh grade, I begged my mom to hook me up with an agent because like we knew a lot of agents, right? It was very accessible. And so I think I had this idea as well linked in there, like, oh, if I've gained weight, my body isn't good enough. Like I I would never be one of those people Mm -hmm. in front of the camera. And like that was always a passion of mine. That was always a dream of mine. So I think that that's one reason why those types of people on social media were really sticky in my Mm -hmm. brain. But it was also friends because I was feeling like I was the only one changing and shifting and nobody else's body was changing and shifting at the same time as mine. Which, as I explained, was kind of like the popcorn effect of like people developing and yeah. you know growing into their mature adult bodies at different times.
0: And I think that can even happen now. Like, we all go through phases where it could be hormones or stress or mm-hmm. just not on our, our A game. And so, what? Like, I think we all have to just be kind to ourselves and understand that, like, again, we are not our bodies, yeah. and our body is a vessel, and we have to just respect and, and love ourselves. And it's okay. If we gain fluctuate pounds, it's first of all, the outside probably doesn't even notice no. or like even a guy is like, like, you know, like a little bit more to, to hold on to. So it's <laughs> like women, like we need to just be kinder to ourselves. Um, what was your aha moment where you were like, I can't with this anymore. And you kind of knew you had an issue with looking at Pinterest for dieting or, you know, inspo? Yeah,
1: I'm actually not really sure. I know that it was probably the summer going into college or maybe like my first semester. I don't remember a particular moment, but I do just know that I was thinking, you know, college is going to be some of the best years of my life. I love one of my older cousins once told me, People are going to tell you that college is going to be the best four years of your life. It's too much pressure. Just think of it as some of the best four years or the best four years of your life thus far. So I knew that I was going to love school. I went, you know, far away from home. Like it was going to be a totally new experience, knew no one, was ready to meet people. And I knew that like this had the potential to hold Mm -hmm. me back and I was simply not okay with that. So it was definitely as I was beginning that new chapter of my life kind of like you
0: were doing it for your future self.
1: Yeah. Which was
0: pulled, which really pulled me out of everything. What were like the first steps that you took? I mean, you obviously had that realization and then did you just start acting upon it or?
1: Like not really. I think that I, I had that logical part of my brain, which I hear from a lot of clients also. They're like, I know that what I'm doing isn't working, but I still feel Bad. I still feel guilty. I still am thinking about it a lot. And so I would say I did start to change my behavior, but the mental piece wasn't there yet. Mm -hmm. And so I actually was a pre med student. So learning the science of chemistry, of biology, of psychology, Mm -hmm. neuroscience, like all of those classes actually really helped to ground me in the facts that I kind of already knew helped to unlearn a lot of the diet culture BS. Um, Yeah. And I was just around, like, it was a new environment. It was a new, a new place. I really believe that sometimes when you change your physical location, even if it's just like leaving the room and going outside, it can help to shift your mental location as well. But it really wasn't until I actually kind of opened myself up to my spiritual side and developed my relationship with my higher self and the universe, my intuition, that my healing really actually clicked and perhaps even began. Because even though I knew all of the science, it wasn't Really hitting deep enough. And I knew that that wasn't it. And so when I did, you know, open myself up to this other realm, I realized that it was never about food in the first place, which Mm -hmm. is one of my mottos also like the root of why you're dieting, why you're binge eating, why you're restricting. Mm -hmm actually has nothing to do with food. For me, control was a huge one. I also always considered myself a perfectionist and I wouldn't even say I'm a perfectionist now at all. It's more the control. But that was definitely something that kind of everyone told me like, oh, you're such a perfectionist. So Mm. that was getting in there also. And so when I started to work on my relationship with control, that really clicked with Mm. my relationship with food and experiencing the freedom that I wanted. And it also affected and benefited so many other areas of my life, which is one – of the many beautiful things that I love about facilitating, yeah. you know, this healing for so many women is like seeing the trickle effect and how it also then benefits their life life or their traveling yeah. or their career. It's so cool.
0: That's awesome. Thank you for sharing. So as we get a little bit more into freedom and spirituality and intuitive eating, um, I would love to hear from you Sloan. What does intuitive eating mean to you?
1: Yeah. So I spun my own and created my own method of what I call eating with love and intuition because there is technically a definition and there are 10 principles that two amazing dietitians created that are called intuitive eating. I have some problems with it. Which is kind of besides the point. And so I'll talk more to what eating with love and intuition okay. does mean. Um, to focus on, you know, the affirmative, the positive. And so what that looks like is eating to honor your physical body and your physical health, as well as your mental well-being. So nourishing your mind. And nourishing and eating well for your soul and for your emotions. Mm-hmm. So, I'm very into holistic well being. Those are the three physical, mental, and then emotional, slash spiritual. So, that's what eating with love means, right? So, gentle nutrition is still a part of it. Like, we're still encouraging you to eat fruits and vegetables because that is important for your physical health but it's not going to be the all or nothing extremes cuz that's going to, you know, negatively impact those other two portions which are equally as important. Now your intuition is the second part. That's going to help you decide what to eat so that you're loving your physical, mental, and spiritual bodies. When, how much, with whom, etc. This intuition comes from your soul's deepest wisdom. This is also body intuition. This is also mental logical intuition. So we have all of this wisdom that's available to us so that we feel really empowered as the experts to know what to eat in order to love all parts of our body and our being. I feel like there's
0: a lot of information that I want to get a little bit deeper into that so we can totally, totally understand what you're talking about, (laughs) but it sounds amazing and I'm totally on board. Um, curious, like how – would you just say that you just kind of defined like food freedom as well in that or – So
1: I would say that they're different because food freedom to me means that you feel at peace. you feel free with food. It's a lack of restriction, lack of dieting, lack of rules, lack of regulation. So there are absolutely people that have food freedom that are not eating with love and intuition. Got it. Okay, that makes okay. More so sense. yes, but if you're eating with love and intuition, you definitely have food freedom. Um, so that's kind of where the exclusion comes in. I will say that there are some people that hear the word food freedom and they have allergies or intolerances and they DM me and they say, I can't have food freedom because I'm celiac or I'm lactose intolerant. that's not love and
0: intuition.
1: Well, you still can have food freedom even if you have medical restrictions and intolerances because it's not – Right. It's not just about being free to eat anything. It's about feeling a yes, sense of meant. freedom and peace. Yes. Yes. But still respecting and, and loving your body. So the people that would have food freedom but are not eating with love and intuition might be people that you know don't really care what they eat. They'll eat whatever, whenever, but they're not respecting their physical health. So mm-hmm. maybe it's people that – You know, are eating fast food every single day because they want to and they like it and they really don't care about fruits and vegetables. That's not the most loving for your physical body. I think we can all agree about that, right? It's not Mm -hmm. diet culture, it's nutritional science. And so if they don't care and they, you know, feel free, then cool. But like you're not eating with love and intuition for your holistic health.
0: Awesome. Which is fine. Yeah. Yeah. Whatever floats your boat. Totally totally. I mean, what are like, what do you think the steps are to actually finding, you know, food freedom? I mean, from my personal experience and and coming from an eating disorder and still having that voice because it feel like it will take a little while to totally rid it, um, which Mm. I'm being sensitive about, but it can be kind of scary and overwhelming to go from restricting and then to like hearing this word food freedom and like eating whatever is kind of like in front of you mentality. So what kind of advice would you give 20-something-year-olds who are, you know, constantly bombarded by the social media scale or peers' diet culture? What do you think is a good first step we can all take to kind of discovering this food freedom with love and spirituality?
1: Mm. So I'll kind of give you an overview of what the process is, and then I can also kind of tell you a first yeah. step. That would be so great. I would say the first step is allowing yourself to be exactly where you are without judgment. I love that. That is like in module one, lesson one of Food Freedom Collective because pretty much every woman that comes into my space starts to realize so many things that she's been hiding and avoiding and then the guilt comes in Mm. like, holy shit, why have I let myself do this for so long? I'm so mad at myself. Like, Why am I doing this? Why did I do this to myself? Like, What's wrong with me? And that is not helpful. It's also that judgment of yourself is just not necessary. It's just adding another block on top of the blocks that we actually need to work through. Mm -hmm. So totally a process, but like allowing yourself to not be in denial and say, yep, this is where I am right now. It's not good or bad. It's not okay or not okay. It simply is. Mm -hmm. And can I just exist in that moment for a little bit? That's the first step. Okay. Okay. (laughs) It's not – eat a piece of bread and tell yourself that you look beautiful in the mirror. Yeah, thank you, that's so true. Yeah, so with that in mind, my three-step healing process takes us from the subconscious mind into the conscious mind, and then we talk about aligned action. Mm. This is the major flaw that I see in the eating disorder recovery, more clinical field. I will say sometimes it is necessary to start with action if the body is severely undernourished, right? We need you to eat more. But what I see oftentimes is they'll feed up, get you to a better weight, and then they leave you. And then my clients are like, yeah, so I've been at a, quote, healthy weight for five years, but like the guilt has You know, Mm. not gone away, like it's still there. And so that's the problem. We need to flip that, you know, pyramid on its head. We start with the deepest layer. We start with the actual why, the root of why you're using food because it's not about food. It was never about food. Food is just the convenient tool that you're using Mm. to cope, to express, to manifest all the deeper stuff going on inside. So we start with the subconscious mind, which is where your deepest beliefs about everything live. Your subconscious mind actually dictates about 90% of your lived reality. And most of us are living lives with subconscious minds that were created from the time that we're born all the way till about age seven. And we never take a moment to question what's in the subconscious mind, but it is totally malleable. We can completely re require, and change what is in our subconscious mind, that's what step one of my healing process is. So we look at your relationship with control in general. We look at your relationship with health in general, whether it's food or fitness or water or skin, Mm. like all of it. We look at your relationship with self-worth. That's a big one. Um, So control, self-worth, trust is a big one, right? If you're not trusting your hunger cues, your fullness cues, your body, right? You're tracking, you're counting, you're Mm -hmm. measuring, all those things. And we look at fear and anxiety in general, And that's where we actually start. We don't even talk about food. Wow. So then step two is where we look at the conscious mind. So this is dealing with the conscious thoughts and feelings, whether it's the thoughts and feelings that are leading you to eat, or Mm. it's the thoughts and feelings that come after eating. okay. Right? So if you're constantly obsessing and thinking about food, worrying about what meal is coming next, we want to address that. Actually deal with it instead of pushing it under the rug or using Band-Aid tips and tricks that don't work or distraction. And then if you feel guilty for eating bread or you feel like you're a failure because you ate more than two desserts that week, that's what we also need to deal with to fucking cut the cycle off, right? Because if you don't, then what happens? You're going to start restricting again. Totally. And then totally. it
0: will just continue. Wow. And then the
1: third step would be? Third step is taking aligned action. Because once your subconscious mind is rewired and your subconscious mind is a place where you believe that you are worthy of feeling amazing, you totally trust your body on a deep level, you are feeling completely under control, and then your conscious thoughts are food is amazing, food is fuel, it's also medicine, it's also memories, I can totally trust myself, it's easy for me to make food decisions what type of action do you think you would naturally take Mm. if those were your conscious and subconscious thoughts? You would eat. You would eat. And you would eat in a way that's totally aligned for you. So we still use science. We use neuroscience. We use psychology. We use nutritional science so that you feel empowered to make the most aligned food decisions that are going to be beneficial for your physical health. But – We also use the intuition coming from the spirituality piece. We use principles from law of attraction, from manifestation, inner child healing, intuitive activation, Mm -hmm. introducing you to your relationship with the universe and your higher self so that you trust yourself. You're getting all of this divine wisdom and magic from yourself, from your spirit team, so that, again, you become the expert in your body. So taking aligned action, again, feels like second nature. It's like easy. Of course, this is just an extension of who I am. Of course, I know how to feed my body in the best way possible because it's me and my body, and I know exactly what to do with it.
0: One of my absolute favorite, favorite coffee companies right now is Quokka Brew. They're awesome. It's actually the market's first fully caffeinated jitterless coffee. Um, so when drinking it after you're done, you know, taking a couple of sips, you don't feel anxious. You don't feel nervous, um, but you still feel energized and really ready to tackle on your day. Um, so what's cool about Quokka is that it offers really the same caffeine. Um, that's equivalent of about one and a half cups of coffee. Their oat milk is absolutely delicious. I am lactose intolerant, so I love that they have oat milks and they're all vegan. They do provide energy, but again, you're not the same jittery or anxiety that you typically get from drinking a normal cup of coffee or you know the midday crash that many people do experience from other caffeinated products. And is really able to do this by brewing in certain active ingredients found in green tea and matcha, and kind of provide this, what their community describes as a feeling of calm and really just clean energy. My absolute favorite flavor by them has to be their vanilla ready to drink oat milk lattes. Um, their chocolate one is also amazing as well. And they use Fairtrade coffee bean source from South America. And for all of my health, gut, amazing nutritionists out there and people who are just really, you know, not wanting to have too much sugar, there's only five grams of sugar and only 60 calories per can. So I am providing my Regardless community with a discount code, which is REGARDLESS15 and is now live for 15% off everything site-wide at quokabrew.com. We are also doing a giveaway in which the winner will receive a free six-pack of Quoka, a Quoka shot glass, and a shirt. If you're interested in winning this giveaway, you must do the next three steps. So number one, you must follow Brew on Instagram, at Brew. Number two, of course, follow at RegardlessThePod on Instagram. And number three, please leave Regardless a review on your favorite podcast listening platform. Um, and then I will let you guys know who wins. Um, okay, cool. So I want to get deeper into manifesting and what that means in terms of food freedom And when I think about manifesting to me, because I feel like people think that manifesting could be like, oh, I'm just going to call in like a boyfriend or love without doing anything, Yeah, (laughs) which would be great. But to me, like manifesting is really a balance between actually putting in the energy and the work into what you want to achieve, as well as a beautiful mix of just trusting yourself trusting the universe and really what is in store for you. And that's something I'm I'm always working, you know, on, but I would love to hear from you Sloma your definition of what it means to actually manifest food freedom as well as abundant and loving yourself through nourishment and
1: eating. Completely. So while I do teach my clients my, you know, step-by-step methodology to manifest kind of whatever you want, Okay. the the bigger way that manifestation comes up in the Food Freedom Collective is through the theories and the methods that apply to manifesting, which is kind of what you mentioned, right? Like abundance mindset, for example, or surrender, for example. Mm. Trust, For example, patience, right? These are all ingredients in the recipe of what it requires, what's required to manifest. And I will also say that everybody is manifesting all the time. Um, You might just not be conscious of it. So abundance thinking, for example, is what we use when we come against lack. Lack is everywhere. Wherever there's fear, there's lack. Might be lack of safety, lack of trust um, if you're eating really fast, lack of time, Mm. lack of opportunity to enjoy that food later. Might be lack of self-love, lack of feelings of worthiness, right? And so we want to transform that lack into abundance, which is what we do kind of in steps one and two with the subconscious and the conscious thoughts and feelings. We also talk about control and surrendering and trusting, which is so, so important when thinking about actually trusting yourself and trusting your body instead of trusting an app or an influencer or a meal plan, for example. I
0: love that. Mm -hmm. I love that. Just totally shifting the trust and like content conception from social media or diet plans or like recipe books that are ridiculous and untrue to just it comes down to yourself and who you are internally. And that's so powerful thank you for that.
1: Yes, of course. I'll also say the really big piece that most other intuitive eating practitioners don't really talk about is the intuition because our intuition is a part of our soul. It's a part of our spirit. You can't really avoid it. Um, Most intuitive eating practitioners will just tell you that your intuition is like what you're craving, what you're in the mood for. And I would say that's like 3% of what your intuition is actually capable of, which is kind of the reason why I have an issue with the phrase intuitive eating because people are throwing around the Word intuition without actually exploring mm-hmm. what that means on a soul level. And it is involved at the soul level. And that's something that I learned a lot about through the art of manifesting consciously. And so that's also where it comes into play here of using your intuition that's connected to your soul. Also divine downloads and wisdom from the intu- your uh, spirit team, the universe, your higher self, mm-hmm. as well as knowing that, of course, like our body holds wisdom we have intuition just through like body cues and you know you might get chills when you like hear something that just intuitively feels right or you know you might be really tired and intuitively your body knows and is trying to tell you to take a rest day so there's that intuition Mm. there but really the soul level piece of just like knowing without necessarily having evidence or logic. But just knowing that something is right for you or is not right for you is such a gift and it's one that we all have. And so I just try to help people tap into that as much as possible. That's amazing. So do you mind giving me like an example?
0: Like let's say I – I don't know. I'm still, you know, restricting foods. This is just an example of restricting foods. And I really want to start manifesting, you know, food freedom and intuitive eating. Would you, what would like an example of that be? So we can kind of get a little bit more of an understanding of what you mean. Mm-hmm
1: so again i would say like you're not just going to use the five-step process to manifest food freedom like that's not really what i'm going for here instead it's like okay there are the three steps subconscious conscious aligned action throughout that we see a transformation from lack into abundance throughout that we see opportunities to lean deeper into trust and surrender throughout that we're going to pull on your intuition and your divine connection to the universe. So. It's sprinkled throughout the entire process. And of course, there's different examples for like each of those totally. ingredients. Um, but if you're thinking, okay, let me just use journaling and visualizing to quote, manifest food freedom, like might work, but that's not it's really a what journey. we're going it's for a here. Journey.
0: Yeah. And it's like once we actually understand what is the core issue. And then once we actually work through that, that's when we start seeing progress and that's when you're going to start manifesting. I mean, any, anything you, you really want yeah, because you're in alignment and you're, you know, you're really at your truth. So that makes more sense. I think manifesting like a good relationship with food is absolutely key, but you know, we also have to make sure that like, if you feel overwhelmed or like controlled by food, sometimes you can just sit back and hope you will change. Mm. But I think like really in order to like achieve nourishing and abundant relationship with food, um, especially if you're coming out of an eating disorder, like it does again, like it takes patience, it takes trust, it takes therapy, tons of self-work and honestly, truly fighting for your future self. I don't know if you have any additional thoughts on that.
1: Totally. And I would also say that like surrounding yourself with the support that feels most aligned for you is so key. I hear from people all the time that they would rather do it themselves to prove that they're strong enough or nobody else understands it or they're really scared of letting go of control and welcoming someone in. And all of those fears are totally valid, but you're not proving anything by making it harder for yourself. So although it's, you know, it's a journey, I wouldn't say that it has to be really, really difficult. There's ways to make it more difficult and there are ways to make it easier. And so if you are able to make it easier with aligned support, with guidance, like do it because you deserve it. And the self-sabotage voice that got you here listening to this podcast because maybe you're struggling is going to get loud. The self-sabotage voice will say, oh, you can do it later or it's not that big of a deal. You don't need help. Tell that voice to F off and (laughs) go and do what your intuition is asking you to do. It's kind of the first homework step of actually beginning to heal is listening to your intuition maybe for the first time in a really long time.
0: That's really cool. Yeah. And I also want to touch on like what you mean by like blending spirituality with nutrition and how can we like in our twenties really start to incorporate spirituality and blend that with nutrition. And do you mean like, maybe it's listening to your intuition and wanting to go with friends out to a yummy meal by the ocean. And you're really feeling connected on a higher power because that's what you are needing. That is what totally. you're It's like, what do you mean by that? And how can we incorporate that?
1: yeah so sometimes they work separately but like within my programs for example they're there together but kind of on different wavelengths and sometimes they're totally intertwined together so some examples of where they're kind of separate in the healing journey is like we use nutrition to myth bust right to myth bust all the stuff about carbs for example like let's just go to the science so that you don't feel scared anymore in that you can look at the facts. I'll give you all the PubMed articles your heart could desire and like that will help you feel more safe and grounded. For example, okay, that's one part of it. But logically knowing something and deeply trusting and believing it are two separate things. That's where the spirituality Mm -hmm. comes in. So let's take a look maybe at your inner child. Like why does she feel so scared of the potential of gaining weight? Because that's, you know, a big reason why a lot of people are scared of carbs. They think it will make them gain weight. Okay, what would weight gain mean, right? And like, what are you making it mean? What is that fear? That's more deeply embedded in your soul. That's in your spirit. So we use spirituality to to connect you to your soul's truth because the fear is not your truth. It was taught to you by mm-hmm. somebody else, whether it was someone in your family or the media or you, you, know, you read it, you heard it somewhere. So we help you to really get to the bottom of your truth, right? Connect you to your intuitive voice so that you can listen to that instead of the self-sabotage. So those are kind of like separate examples that also fit really well together. And then let's say also you're deciding what to eat for lunch. This happened to me the other day and it happened again today, which, reminds me, like I really wanted to make tacos and I was looking for different, um, like tortillas and nutritionally, I know that whatever tortilla I decide would be totally fine. It would give me like a good, you know, carb base for my tacos. And in the past couple of years, I've kind of been sensitive to corn. Like it just instantly does not make me feel good. Mm Um, which is which has been a bummer, but recently, actually, was Cinco de Mayo. Okay, so I really wanted to make tacos, I, love I did it. Not have the ingredients, <laughs> and the store that I went to is kind of a small store. They didn't have the tortillas that I usually get, and so they just had plain corn tortillas, and I just knew that like my corn sensitivity would be gone and fine. Like I just knew. Because at this point, my intuition is so fucking strong. Like, I just know. And so I also knew that more in the science realm, like, if I'm stressed out while I'm eating, Mm. it's definitely gonna cause me to be bloated. So again, back and forth, blending of science and spirituality. I got the tortillas as I was making it. I was infusing a lot of love into the tortillas, a lot of love into the tacos, like totally alchemizing anything that could hurt my stomach. As I was eating it, I was telling myself like, body, you are so safe, you're gonna be so fine, like this is so nourishing and it was. And like, I've had those tortillas like five times now with like zero. That's so issue. cool. I
0: mean, it goes to show how strong our minds are. Like if we're constantly scared of foods or, you know, have labels and rules, like obviously our bodies are going to react because our minds can really manifest anything. And, you know, people can make themselves sick just by thinking it. Um, so I think that is amazing. Thank you for sharing. Also, I, I would love to chat a little bit about like Coping when I am stressed or I feel overwhelmed, especially with having this, you know, ED voice that I'm aware of and I know when it pops up. Um, I am aware that it pops up when I'm really, really overwhelmed or stressed. Um, maybe it's I have a lack of confidence, self-esteem, and I'm not feeling good enough. And the way that I feel better is through control again. And so, how can we twenty-something year olds when this voice pops up? Like, are there other alternative ways that we can really cope with heart emotions that don't involve eating?
1: Totally. Yes. And again, this shows us it's not about the food in this situation. It's about those stressors. So I kind of have a set of tips I give to my clients to deal with stress eating. But what I care more about is actually like, let's talk about what's stressing you out, whether it's money, whether it's careers, whether it's relationships. And people are kind of get like confused or like, wait, we're not talking about food. Yeah. (laughs) No, because that's not the problem here. So what I will say is this is more of like level two, the consciousness. I would be curious to dive into the subconscious of like, what does control even mean to you? Mm. Why does overwhelm feel unsafe? Like that's kind of the deeper subconscious layer. And then at this conscious layer of coping, like what would the food give you? Would it be a distraction or like if you're, if you're emotionally eating or for you it would be not eating? Okay, so what does the control give you? Safety. Yeah. Stability, right? Something that you can control. Okay, what are some other productive ways that you can give yourself safety and stability in a more healthy way? I love that. Yeah. So it, yeah. it kind of, it's from both perspectives, right? Like how can we deal with the root of the stress? How can we cope? And then if you do find yourself using food, let's get you out of that too. That's great. And
0: also like, let's say, okay, you, you know, you're struggling, you know, you're feeling triggered by food. Um, and of course, like you really want to just surround yourself with people who are healthy to be around and don't trigger you. How do you know, like, if it's unhealthy to be around certain people who perhaps trigger a certain, you know, unhealthy or ED voice and what should we do about it? I mean, I feel like a lot of people in our twenties, we could be around lots of people who maybe say certain negative things about their bodies or just aren't great to be
1: around for our healing.
0: So how do we navigate through that?
1: It's hard, right? And this is where your intuition comes in. Like if you're being triggered by them, first of all, nobody can make you feel a certain way. Nobody can make you feel anything. You will feel something, but that's your own stuff, which is okay. And we all have that. So we also have to remember like it's okay for people to have their own truths i know mm-hmm. it can be really challenging when like you want to change someone you want to help someone maybe you're in recovery and you see your friend is restricting and that triggers you and like you want to help yeah. them and that's a whole separate conversation right like they have to want help unless of course like they really need it for medical reasons whatever don't want to open that can of worms but If you have to distance yourself the first thing i would try is boundaries before Mm -hmm. you like cut off the relationship oh yeah Um, yeah in yeah in ffc we talk about three different types of boundaries and one that i think a lot of people don't know about is energetic boundaries so you can kind of create these energetic protective bubbles around yourself so that no matter what they say like you are protected and you've kind of just decided okay like i'm just not like simply not going to allow that stuff to affect me. And it can be as simple as making that decision.
0: That's awesome. And and going into the environment already Mm -hmm. with that mindset and kind of having that like shield. Totally. I really like that. Thank you.
1: So I would, I would say boundaries first, but of course, like you're not going to be friends with everyone forever. And if there are certain relationships that you need to take a pause from that, like so that you are benefiting the most and so that you are protecting yourself, then like got to stand up for yourself and do that too. Yeah,
0: absolutely. Um, you know, energy is amazing and food is amazing. It's a huge topic and obviously we need food in order to live. Um, but like, how can we stop thinking about it so much? I mean, like we constantly are seeing food recipes, what I eat in the day and dieting tips on social and especially in our generation we're just constantly surrounded by it, whether it's like over over overeating really, really healthy or raw foods or restricting obsessing. And I feel like these limitations again, kind of puts food in the steering wheel and pushes us farther away from connection in life sometimes, which can kind of be the opposite. Um, so how can we stop constantly thinking about food?
1: Great question. It's actually such a great question that I created a totally free masterclass on that topic, which I'm happy to share with you if you want to yes. share it with the audience, Skylar. I would, would cool.
0: absolutely love to link that into my my show notes.
1: Perfect. Yeah. Because yeah. that's actually like probably the most common complaint or struggle that I hear amongst other things is like, thinking about it all the time. So that's why I created that free masterclass because it was the most common um, issue that was coming up. But what I would say is like, there's not, I'm not actually that big on tips and tricks because there's not two or three or five things I could tell you that are going to instantly shift that. It's a part of a deeper conversation. It's a part of your entire relationship with food, right? Like constantly thinking about food is Probably not the only issue that you have with food. So, again, like, let's start with where you're at. What are the thoughts that are coming up? Like, what are you thinking about? Why? And, like, let's go through the process. Let's dig into it and, you know, help you heal your relationship with food so that you don't have to think about it all the time, so that it does become second nature, so that it is so easy, so that you're only thinking about it when you actually want to think Mm -hmm. about it. And again, like, it typically leads us to lack of trust, lack of control. Lack of faith in yourself, lack of stability, lack of strength, like all of those deeper subconscious things.
0: Yeah. And I feel like everything that we just chatted about in this episode is really the answer for how can I stop constantly thinking about food? It's Mm -hmm. healing your relationship with food and seeing it as just something that, you know, we love, we do it to live and okay, move on. Like, but in order to get to that, that, you know, that spot and just freedom of, from food, I think we kind of have to look at everything in the full picture yeah. and really take in everything that you said and really integrate it into our lives. Step-by-step Patience, mm-hmm. trust. Um, so Sloan, with that being said, we are at today's, um, the end of today's episode. So this is syllabus steps, which is really a time for us to recap exactly what we've learned from your journey and integrate that into our daily lives. So again, do you have any like specific tools, books, resources, or practices that have helped supported you in manifesting food freedom. And how can we 20 something start to create an abundant and loving relationship with food?
1: Totally. Well, Re listen to this episode. (laughs) Yeah, thank you. (laughs) Um, Because everything is right there. Um, You know, on my Instagram, I have tons of those like guides and step by steps. I would say the masterclass is a really great place to start as well. And just, you know, the most important thing to start with is being okay with where you're at. Again, accepting where you're at, knowing that the future is so bright. Accepting where you're at does not mean settling for where you're at, but it's saying, okay, Honestly, this is where I'm at. It just is. And I know that I'm going to heal, I'm going to improve. So you can start by getting clear on where are you? What is your point A with honesty? And like, where do you want point B to be? If you can start visualizing and feeling into what that would feel like Mm -hmm. to have food freedom. A lot of women tell me, you know, I'll ask them like, what's your dream when we have these consultation calls? And a lot of people will say, I don't even know. But you do. You actually do know what it would feel like and what you would want. So start thinking of that. Um, A lot of people also tell me, oh my goodness, I've never really thought about it this way before. Great. You're listening to this now. Start thinking about it. Start visualizing it and just reminding your, your body and your soul that like that's your birthright. And that is so, so possible for you.
0: I love that. Okay. Sloan, last question. Um, And this may have changed after a conversation, but to cheers it off, fill in the blank, regardless of blank, I am blank.
1: Yes. I don't even remember what I said the first time or when we were chatting earlier. Um, So regardless of fear and self-sabotage and the shoulds. Mm. Regardless of all of that, I am abundant and free and always lovable.
0: Oh, that's gonna make me cry. That like uh it's just exactly what I what I needed to hear. And that's something that I probably need to repeat to myself daily. Um, and I just I want to thank you so much for coming on to regardless and being vulnerable and talking about the uncomfortable. I appreciate you beyond words. And I'm so excited to share this with my following. And I will absolutely include your Instagram, your website, um, your contact information. um, If people are interested in booking one-on-ones and getting a little bit more slow time and working on freedom and all just the love, the lovingness of food and abundance. So You are a rock star.
1: Likewise, and thank you. This has been amazing.
0: Thanks for listening to Regardless. I hope you've learned something from this month's Soul Conversation and will apply it to your very own syllabus. Join me next month for a new guest, a new tool, and a new perspective. If you found value in this podcast, please empower your tribe by sharing, leaving a comment, review, and or subscribe. Catch new episodes on the second and fourth week of every month on all major audio podcast platforms. For more information about my life and updates about the podcast, head to my Instagram at Skylar Sorkin and at regardlessthepod. Thank you for tuning into Regardless. Thank you for being vulnerable and talking about the uncomfortable. Now go kick some ass.